Hello, and welcome to Horrific Tales. In this show, we celebrate the creation of independent authors and inspiring writers. Please like and subscribe and share these episodes so we can help our talented friends get as much exposure as possible. We would also appreciate it if you could support our artists by following them on their individual platforms and by purchasing their works. Details on how to do this are in the episode description. This horrific tale is a submission as part of the Horror Mayhem event created by the Bookish Brands. This week we celebrate Cosmic Horror. Join us now as we present Problems by Dale Gibson. I am alive, but I am dead. There was a time when I could feel, but that was eons ago. Sometimes I float away and disappear, but most of the time I live inside my head, not knowing what will happen from one day to the next. I don't know when I wake, which year I will be in, or where the hell I'm going. That is the problem. I would love to tell you when it started happening. But it was so very long ago that I hardly remember much of anything. That's the other problem. Some of the places I end up, I have no idea where I am. Oh hell, here I go again, down the tunnel of darkness. I'm standing in a doorway. I can't see because the room is dark. I can smell incense. Sandalwood tickles my nostrils. So I must be in my mother's bedroom at her house. The place where I grew up. She moves in the bed and asks me to come closer. I reach out. I am just about to touch her. Feel her soft hand. But it doesn't work like that. I can't actually touch anyone when I'm in transit from one place to the next. Suddenly, a sparkle of colour zooms towards me. The tunnel appears and I am pulled in. I land hard on solid ground. It is snowing. I am looking at the sky. I don't want to be here, anywhere but here. The man with the axe is coming closer. His footsteps crunching in the snow makes me tremor in fear. I will myself away, but it's not that simple. I can't just make it happen. I watch his approach. He is nearly in front of me. This time I can see his features. He is old, and although he looks familiar, I have no idea who he is. He is speaking though I cannot hear his words. The wind is too loud. It's cold and I am shivering. I'm about to scream when suddenly I am taken away down the tunnel, leaving the old man I do not know behind. I wake in my bed and the room is covered in sunshine. I feel someone next to me and I know I have come home. Seth rolls over and touches me. He abruptly wakes in fright. You're back. Where have you been? You took so long this time. It still baffles him that I live like this. I told him about my problem when we first met. That was years ago now. The kids have missed you, he quietly says. I know, love. I seem to be fluttering about more so now than ever. You know, I can't help it. How about I get the kids ready for school and you can have a sleep in? Everything will be okay. The kids understand. I leave the room and go to my children. Sophie, my five-year-old daughter, and Charlie, my rambunctious eight-year-old son. It has been hard for them having me leave them, sometimes in the middle of dinner, or tucking them in at night. I don't drive, because it could be dangerous if I disappear, 
It happened once, and I will never let that happen again. Charlie, wake up, darling boy. I'm home. He wakes and smiles when he sees me. Rubbing his tired eyes, he reaches out for me. I melt into his tiny arms and breathe in his morning scent. A tear falls and I brush it away. My sweet boy, go and get ready for school, and I'll meet you downstairs for breakfast. I need to wake Sophie. I pull him in tighter. I never want to let go. I love you, Charlie. You know that, right? Yes, Mummy. I love you too. I go to wake Sophie. She is sitting in bed with her smile lights up. Some of the darkness in my soul. Mummy, I thought I was dreaming. I could hear you talking to Charlie. Mummy, I missed you. You've been gone for days this time. I hate it when you leave. Her tears break me. I hurry over, scooping her into my arms. For the first time in months, I feel full and real. Sophie, I'm sorry. I'm here now. That's all that matters. I kiss her little cheeks. I smell lavender, feel her warm skin. She giggles when I tickle her tummy. I'm going to get ready, and I'll see you downstairs for breakfast, okay? Okay, mummy. Promised you will stay this time. Oh, sweetheart, you know mummy can't stay. But I'll see how I go. I venture back into our bedroom, joining my husband who is getting dressed for the day. Where'd you go this time, babe? His voice croaked sullenly. I was with mum for a bit. Then I ended up in the cabin in the snow again. That man was waiting for me. He got really close this time. I was terrified. He passed the side of the bed for me to sit down. So I do. I can feel the distance between us. A black hole pulling us apart. I'm not sure how much more of this we can take. It is no good for our marriage and the kids are confused. Charlie told one of his friends about your problem and now they think he's weird. I had to get him early from school yesterday. He has been bullied. He takes a breath to calm himself. I know you can't help it, but you need to know this is really affecting the kids. I'm at a loss as to what to do. I get lonely when you're away too. Tears sparkle in his eyes. He brushes them away. Although this kills me inside and breaks my heart about the kids and the effect this is having on my husband, there is nothing I can do about it. Look, I have an idea. How about you take the day off work and we keep the kids home? We can go somewhere special. We can go to the beach. They would love that, I say, snuggling closer to him. He stands abruptly and moves away. Really? You think that will make up for the time you spend away? Seth, it is better than nothing. I would love to spend the day with you and the kids. It has been such a long time since we did anything together. Suddenly, my head feels funny and there's a ringing in my ears. This is not good. I can feel the tug, like a string is pulling me towards the tunnel. Please, I beg. Not now. I come to in complete darkness. Instantly I know where I am, the place I call the void. I call it that because the dense dark fog is so thick it's hard to breathe. I can hardly see my two feet in front of me. I have not been here since my teenage years. The vile stench is like sewage and off meat. Summing to my feet off the cold wet ground, my clothes are drenched. They stick to me as I tread through the nothingness. A sound to my left startles me. Something fast starts past, and then another and another. Their primal noises screaming through the darkness chills me to the core. I run. Risking a glance back, I see the morphing cloud of black mass following me, flying and swirling around. I can feel their coldness as they pass through me. It starts at my toes and up through the top of my head. I think I will not survive this time. Whatever they are will rip me apart. 
turning back to your past run, I hit a tree and I am out. I wake and my head is swimming. It takes me a while to realise I am in the back of the old Holden we had when we first got together. Seth is driving and his brother Adrian is riding shotgun. They are talking animatedly about the movie they just watched, Pulp Fiction. They are laughing their heads off. Seth is stealing looks at me in the rearview mirror. Did you like the movie, babe? Yes, I love Quentin Tarantino. He's the best, I reply. I feel like something is missing. The kids! I have come back to before the kids were even a thought inside my head. This has never happened before. I am so confused. My head feels foggy. I don't want to be here without the kids even being in existence. I need to get away. Are you okay, babe? You look sick. I don't have time to answer him before I am dragged away, back down the tunnel. When I come to, I am back at home with mum and dad. My older brother Emmett is eating his breakfast and packing his school bag. I sit here dumbfounded. Something strange is occurring. I keep ending up in the past. Sarah Jane, eat your breakfast. Hurry up or you'll miss the school bus. I dare not move, not wanting this moment to end. Dad is alive and sitting next to me. He died several years ago from a heart attack and I haven't seen Emmett in years. He lives overseas with his wife and children. Mum is still alive. But the times I end up in this house, she is usually in bed, existing in a deep dark depression. I take this opportunity because I don't know if I'll ever have another chance. Dad, I love you. Okay, Munchkin, I love you to the moon and back. He kisses my cheek. Mum, I love you too. I just want you both to know you're wonderful parents, and I'm sorry if I've caused you any problems. Sweetheart, don't be silly. We love you too. I go and get ready for school. I make my way to my old bedroom. It is exactly as I had left it all those years ago. It is messy but clean. My posters are on the walls, and the bookshelf packed with all my favourite books. Even my stuffed animals I had forgotten I had sat there waiting for a cuddle. The air in the room changes. It is charged with a new energy I have never felt before. Suddenly, I feel myself drifting towards a tunnel. But I don't want to go. Not yet. But I can't stop the cycle of life that takes me away from this moment. The snow wakes me, and this horrifies me to no end. I am shaking because of the cold, and because of the man I know is coming. I hear his boots crunching along the snowy ground. You're back! He yells. Hearing his voice for the first time, it startles and confuses me. He comes closer and closer with his axe. Is he going to kill me? Who are you? I ask, sitting up. You don't know who I am? He says, clearly surprised. No, I don't. Get up. You need to come with me before you disappear again. There are things I need to explain to you. He helps me to my feet. I am bewildered by this sudden turn of events. Who is this man? How does he know who I am? I follow him to the cabin. His hand is wrapped firmly around the axe. I'd feel better if you didn't have that in your hand. What's it for anyway? There are fallen trees everywhere. I can't keep up with it. I spend my days chopping the fallen ones into firewood, among other things. I do not know him, but I believe him. We make it to the cabin. It is nice and warm inside, with a fire going. He makes us both hot drinks and we sit at his little table. He keeps the place immaculate, and it smells of home. The furniture is homemade, by his hands and hard work, no doubt. I'm your grandpa. I thought you would have recognised me. Grandpa? But you've been dead for years. I never even met you. 
I thought you might have recognized me from photos. Besides that, you always disappear before I have the chance to talk to you, to explain things. I never see people out here. How have your adventures been? Lost somewhere in my thoughts. I try to dredge up the photographs in my mind of my grandparents. Hold up. Dad said you were dead. Is that not true? Yes. Well, there are things you really need to know. I know that it is happening to you too, which is why I've tried to catch up with you whenever you come here. So this is why I have this problem. I inherited it. Are you saying that you have the same thing? Will it ever stop? Do you still travel? I have so many questions. The thing is, you will end up somewhere and you will be stuck there forever. But there are signs when this will happen. It started with me flitting around from place to place in quick succession. He takes a deep breath. I sense his burden, the same as mine. It felt like I was being ripped apart. Then one day, I came back here and I never left. Suddenly I am scared and worry creeps through me. I wonder where I will end up if this ever ends. I pick up my hot chocolate and it tastes delicious. My head begins to tingle. The cup shakes in my hand. I put it down. His voice fades as I drift down the silvery tunnel. I am standing next to Mum's bed. The room smells like she hasn't opened a window in months. The entire room feels damp. She is sitting up in bed, smoking. A terrible habit that never abated. She looks old and withered, pale and unwell. I'm waiting to be pulled away, but it doesn't happen. This scares me. I quiver. Suddenly she has a coughing fit, each one worse than the other. After a while she settles. She spits into a hanky, and I see blood. She tries to hide it. There you are. I've been waiting. She barks at me. Why is she acting like this? I haven't spoken to her in years. Usually I just transition through, like a train passing through a silent station. Her smoke surrounds me like a serpent. In the vapour I smell thickness and strawberries. Hello Mum. I think I've come to say goodbye. She laughs and it shakes the bed. No, Sarah Jane. You don't understand. This is the end of your travels. This is where you end up. What the fuck are you talking about? I scream at her. Why do you think I stay here, child? I do not understand. I am stunned in the swirl of confusion and deathly silence. I look around the room in deep thought, and finally the truth punches me in the gut. It wasn't Dad who I inherited it from, it was Mum all along. Then I remember. It was Dad who took me to gymnastics, swimming lessons and parent-teacher meetings. He would flip it off by saying Mum was having a nap, then a lost memory implodes in my head. One day I crept into the room to see her, but she wasn't there. Nor was she in the ensuite, her walk-in closet also empty. I asked Dad where she was. He lied right to my face, reassuring me she was having a nap. Now I realise it was total bullshit. This makes me mad, and suddenly all those years of lies has me fuming. I stayed with Mum. I had no other choice. The opportunity for me to leave never eventuating. I watched her slowly withering away. No one came to the house and we never left, existing on nothing. We lay in her bed, me staring at the ceiling wondering what my life would have been if only I had made it back home to my husband and kids instead. I didn't want to be here, but there was nothing I could do about it. 
I was beginning to think I would never see my family again. After a few months, Mum died in her sleep. Then one day, I wake back at the cabin. This time inside, not out on the snow. Grandpa is screaming in my face. Hurry child, we don't have much time. There's only one way you can stop bouncing around. You have to kill me. This is your last chance or you'll be stuck here forever with me. If you want to go home to your husband and kids, do as I say. Do it now. Without a second thought, I grab the pistol from his hand. I turn it around and shoot my grandpa clear in the middle of the forehead. The room begins to spin. My head feels broken. The tunnel is smaller this time, but at the very end I have my bedroom in my sights. The hole in the air is closing. I run and I run, but I am exhausted, shattered beyond anything I've ever felt before. The colours slowly dim as I race through and lunge for the opening. Seth is shaking me awake. You're back! You came back! His tears soak into my dirty shirt. He smells like coconuts and aftershave. Am I really here? I made it. There's a knock at the door and the kids burst in. They pile on top of the bed and snuggle in, giggling. They seem a whole head taller and this saddens me. Something is different. I feel it in my bones. Something has settled. And there's no string attached to me anymore. I made it home and here I will stay. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our latest horrific tale. If you want to keep up to date with future episodes, then subscribe to our YouTube channel and like or follow our social media pages. You can also give the channel support by visiting our merchandise store and picking up some of our items. Please also take a moment to support our contributing artists who very kindly lend their talents to the show. Check out the links in the description on how you can do this. Well, that just leaves me to say, until next time my friends, keep it creepy. Keep it horrific.